We there yet? We there yet? The podcast with Rich Kiamko. Ah, that's me. (laughs) We're streaming live on Facebook. We're also on Zoom. Uh, I'm Rich Kiamko, and I'm here with Khalid Rahman. How are you doing, Khalid? I'm great. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad to see. It's so weird. I was just saying, uh, seeing comics. Yeah, every time I see a comic since the lockdown, I'm like, oh my god, you're alive! Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's like uh, it's always very pleasant. I saw a few comics who I hadn't seen in a while um, the other night. It was somebody's birthday, and it was just like it was like those those videos where a soldier's been away and he sees (laughs) his dog, and everyone's so happy. (laughs) Right, right. And and then they do the the long. Well, now are you touching and hugging people? Are you what's what what goes on when you see? No, it's so sad. I always like I'm such such a hugger, and I always have the the instinct to do that. But you can't. You gotta right. You gotta respect distance. You gotta like be safe, and it's just so sad. And like people, you see them, and you want to hug them. You haven't seen them in like months, and you're just like hi, just wave from afar. (laughs) Right, and it's weird. It's like uh, I was biking around Central Park, you know, with my double-barreled mask sure. and I'm with, with my boyfriend who's got his mask. And we, we had, you know, and we biked down and I saw one of the bar staff from Greenwich Village Comedy Club. And I was yep. like, and it was so long and I was like, I'm not even sure if I was hallucinating. And I'm like, I think, is, and I couldn't remember his name. <laughs> it's been so, there's this kind of piece of my brain that hasn't been used, like for in the human world. So I looked at him and I was like, uh, and I was almost like I had a stroke. I'm like, hey, and he can't hear me. I'm completely covered. I'm like this with a helmet and the double barrel mask. And so I came over close to him and his friend. And I was like, hey, aren't you? And I had to just pull away with like, hey, aren't you? You know, at Greenwich Village Comedy Club. He's like, hey, and he came over to like, you know, and I'm like, uh, and he's like, fist bump. Yeah. I'm like, uh, elbow. And I'm like, oh my God, I just elbowed. And I just felt like, you yeah. know, like when you put salt on a slug, I'm like, I'm going to melt. I don't know. It's the like worst. That, yeah. It's awkward. It's awkward. Not everyone. Was, I was with, uh, I was walking down the street in front of my place and I saw this woman with her, her daughter who had to be maybe like, I don't know, four and her, they both had masks on and her daughter like waved at me. And like was like, was clearly her daughter actually didn't have a mask on. Her daughter waved at me and smiled. The woman looked at me and I could tell she was smiling at me, but I couldn't really for sure tell. And it made me so sad as <laughs> we're gonna start crying. I'm like, this is horrible. Right. right, right. And and it is funny though when I was biking, you know, I mean in Jersey I was biking down to the park, to the park, and someone's like, Hey Rich, and I'm like, I can't even I don't even recognize people. They're yeah. They're, everyone's so covered. And I'm like, how did you know it was me? I've become I, pretty good I, at that, actually. I'm, I've, been, I've become pretty good at spotting people with the mask on and still. Right. I mean, there's certain things like, I don't know, if someone's got a distinct, you know, kind of hair. But if it's just. Yeah. It was the weirdest thing I saw. I saw two people making out with their mask on the other day. No. Hilarious. So funny. They were just like full on kissing, rubbing their masks together. I'm like, you guys are really doing a lot right now. <laughs> wow. They're rubbing yeah. their masks. Now were they of course are these like N ninety fives? Are these just surgical masks? Are they they were like um just like kind of like hospital masks, like the blue ones. 
Oh, okay. It's like okay. aggressively kissing with the mask. I'm like, you guys could just go inside, not use those. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, I have a feeling that you two could just put one mask around the two of you. you know? Right. Yeah. Right. Wow. So this Saturday, June 20th, 9 p.m. Eastern. Yep. Khalid will be joining me and Caitlin Palufo and Chanel Ali as part of the Laugh Tour, thelaughtour.com. We'll yep. be doing live stand-up comedy on Zoom. And it's not a stream. It's, this is what people are watching right now is a stream on Facebook where they mm-hmm. can't, you know, they see us and hear us, but we can't, we can see your little comments. But no, on Zoom, it's dual video. We can see you. You can see us. Yep. You can hear us. We can hear, and it's all... You know, it's almost like the, those two, that couple making out with the mask. You know, you're, you're right there. I mean, it's not exactly that, but it's mm-hmm. the most, the closest thing I think we have right now, technically, to live stand-up comedy in a room. This is like the safe version of it. It's been really fun. I've been doing a, a bunch of Zoom shows. I have my own show on Saturdays, uh, 8 o'clock, and it's been really, really fun doing these shows. Yeah. Um, I find the shows that, that have the unmuted audience where you can hear people are by far the better shows. That's why I don't do any of the ones on Instagram Live. I just can't take just like doing comedy to to silence. It's just not the way it's meant to be. Uh, But yeah, I've been really enjoying the Zoom shows. Yeah, yeah. It's been, um, I think, seeing what other people have created. And I realized like I've been on shows either Instagram Live or Facebook. Or, and I just sort of think, why are people not just doing Zoom with the mics on? Like it yeah. just, because I'm just, if not, you're just, you could just be talking into, you know, your empty apartment to nobody. Yeah. I mean, all you, need, all you need is just one person to help like, you know, check on if there's any noisy, any noisy people and just muting them. And it works out great. Yeah, yeah. I think you just mute. We, we, you know, the earlier shows I was doing, half of the people were mute, like sort of like back, you know, like back. The people that sat in the back were like sound off, mm-hmm. video off. And the people in the front sure. were like, you know, video on, sound on. Of course. You know, all in. People and, are craving human connection. It's like they see people they're like, oh my God, people. <laughs> they get right. so excited, you know? <laughs> right, right. Right. I mean, I think there's one couple on one of the shows. They, uh, they, we're treating it like watching Saturday Night Live. So they were doing what they do on Saturday night together. You know, like, we're like, hey, yeah. uh, we're here. This is, <laughs> this is not, uh, I mean, I'm honored that you treat us just like Saturday night. Like, I am not a hologram. Put your pants on. Right. It was like, hey, rub them titties. I'm like, whoa, hey, hey, time out, time out, time out. This That's is amazing. This is Zoom, not, you know, Pornhub or something. That's amazing. Not a cam. This is like a reverse. It's a comedy show, and over here, it's a cam show. Oh my god, crazy. Yeah, yeah. So how have you? I mean, this is this is today's Juneteenth. I mean, we are in the middle of so many. There's like so yeah, many man. layers of things happening in the world. It's so funny. I heard somebody say the other day, "I can't wait till we just get back to regular pandemic." <laughs> it's like, it's so true because like it was already so crazy. Uh, people were so anxious and so like on edge with like quarantine and the pandemic and then to have like the whole uprising just get going very quickly has been a real like it's really rocked my world it's rocked everyone's world um the strange part is though for me personally i for the last i guess couple of weeks have pretty much never been better like i'm having like a very strange experience because i just got a new job a great oh, new really gig, got a great new day gig 
uh, doing customer service. Uh, I've got some good comedy prospects popping uh, for the multimedia stuff. I'm moving into my own apartment in a couple of weeks for the first time in like a decade. So it's like, it feels weird to, to be like thriving, but also within so much terribleness. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. it's a strange feeling, but I'm just trying to like ride the wave and do what I can to kind of like raise money and raise awareness of, of Black Lives Matter. But it's just been strange that like, I personally have never felt better but I know wow. that that's it's, not yeah. the experience for most of my friends and all the people, people around me. Right, right. I mean, it's weird. I feel like I'm, I'm sitting on some kind of weird, not weird privilege, but it, I became much more aware of my privilege. Well, one, when COVID hit, I'm like, I'm alive, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. healthy and I'm aware of what to do to take care of myself. Yep. And then I'm like, oh, I'm financially, I'm okay. It's, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not eating out. I'm not doing any ridiculous things, but I feel like, you know, 40 million, 50 million people are on unemployment. And then yeah. how many million are just sort of not quite fully employed? Yeah. Uh, I, mean, and I, I, I think the craziest thing about this time has been watching so many people who I assume knew kind of like overnight wake up to the realities of, of racism and specifically anti-blackness. Right. And it's been less, it's just such a freaking head trip because like your whole life experience has basically been ignored, I guess, until like three weeks ago. And then you have people calling me and like texting me like, hey man, how you doing? What's going on? How are you? And I'm like, we are strangers. What are you doing right now? <laughs> I'm having like, oh, I, I made a video about it. Like all these like white acquaintance check-ins that are just wildly inappropriate, even though they're, they're well-intentioned. But it's like, you just woke up to the idea that racism is bad. Like, come on, man. Like, where were you before? You know, but at right. the same time, though, right. you try to balance that feeling out with also wanting to be like accepting of people who are coming around to something that's important. But it's just hard to not like look sideways at all these people who have been like on like the perimeter of your life, just kind of ignoring your struggle the whole time. Right, right. And, not, and people, are, you know, living in their own privilege don't, when, they, when someone lives with completely drinkable, potable water, mm -hmm. they never think about, oh, Flint seems so horrible, you know? Yeah. And then when it's like, everyone else has had bad water mm -hmm. and they're still drinking bad water and you're like, oh my God. And it's still, you know, like, hey, oh, it's like, like the Supreme Court on uh, you know, employment for LGBT, you know, gay and trans people can now, and people are like, oh, what's up? Well, no, no, do you realize you could still be fired for being gay this yeah. whole time? Mm -hmm. You could still be fired for being gay. Like that's, that sounds, also sounds so, but it's real. Yeah. But, you know, it's not a parallel, but it's, you know, people's not being aware and completely I not knowing like, uh, someone else's lived experience. Because I got so many of those messages from uh, white acquaintances, I, I'd love it if there was just like a hotline that the that, that newly newly awakened white people could call instead of calling their black friends and acquaintances, just like 1-800-ASK-A-NEGRO. And you can just call right. that hotline. Right. And there are people that are paid. They outsource it. They're like to India. Download. It's outsourced to India or the Philippines or some yeah. other place. I don't know. They're not black all, people. All your feelings about what's going on. You can talk to the operator. The operator will tell you some books to read. And that way, like all your black friends and acquaintances can just be spared that entire experience because it's really overwhelming i get so many messages from like other black friends 
just weekly just being like are you getting these messages too i'm like yeah man he's like this they're ridiculous i'm like yeah i know like one of my friends like texted me and i could tell she was like in tears she was just like beside herself because her friends back home just don't get it she's like my wife friends back home in texas don't get it they don't understand what's going on and like i don't know how i can get them to i'm like we need that hotline we need like an educational resource that doesn't involve like black people personally taking responsibility for teaching white people about racism. Right. Right. It was, I had this weird moment with my boyfriend said like, there are these kind of groups or meetings we go to. And he's like, well, why is there a separate meeting for, you know, for people of color? I mean, all these groups are open to everyone can go and get support. I'm like, okay, okay. Rewind. Like I, I said, you are a white man with privileges. Yeah, but I'm Jewish and I'm gay. I'm like, yeah that's another you, big thing a lot of there's people who think because they are gay they can't be racist right oh my god wild <laughs> oh my god but look at look at the grinder profiles or any of these hookup profiles it's like, well, no, fats, like yep. no femmes no asians no, no asians blacks mm -hmm. no yeah no asians no black i mean people don't necessarily say but they have no problem saying no asians yeah like that's that's not even considered i mean i'm saying it is racist but yeah people would be embarrassed to say no blacks but no one's embarrassed to say no Asians for whatever reasons, because I, I don't know what the reason is, but that's in, that's uh, in the queer community. That's like an acceptable thing. Like, oh, he's Asian. Just like, like what? You know, like, and yeah. I just thought, oh fuck. You know, I think when people were talking about like Stonewall, the Stonewall uprising and how even like Michael Che makes that whole joke of like, you know, gay people were fighting for equality and like we don't, black people like black lives matter. We don't even need equality. We just want to matter. Yeah. Right? But I, you think about the, the, some of the elements that are different. I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, there's gay people weren't brought out here on slave ships from the land of gay and the, you know, 12 sure. million brought over to and killed. But the uprising at Stonewall was actually led by like black and Latina trans people, right? Yep. But they are not part of like, the, they're not on the hood. They're on the battering ramp, but they're not yep. on the hood of the gay movement, right? Sure. It's, it was the privileged white passing gay men that were able to do all the other, I mean, we leveraged white lesbians, elderly, whoever for the, for the legal cases, like for New York, sure. you know, you, you use, don't use some flamboyant gay couple, use an old, old lesbian whose partner died and she, that's a good story to market. Harmless, like a harmless, harmless. story. Not that yeah. Rosa Parks is a parallel, but you know what I mean? Like there were other people. Nobody who's actively having sex. Right, right. We can't but have like, anybody thinking about active gay sex right now. We right, right, right. We need to put it, right, put it in the, the back of their minds just what the we're granny. actually talking about. Right, we're not going to talk about the sexuality. Just like there's an old lady and her old lady friend. Yeah. So, but her, it was. Her roommate. Right, right, right. <laughs> still her roommate. This old spinster. Roommate. Roommate, you know. <laughs> In their, in their five bedroom house, their roommate, you know. Uh, yeah. But there are all these kind of layers of like, how, how did, you know, the gay rights movement sort of sneak in, in ways that, you know, blacks, you know, there's all this kind of like, using white privilege well, I mean, to the, help gay people get. Well, I mean, the know, big thing is like, the big thing is like a lot of folks can pass as straight, but black people can't pass as white. Right. And, that's and, what it is. and there's also white gay people. So it's not, sure. you know, there's a whole other, there's enough privileged gay, white gay people sure. that really could help. You know, this is, a, this is an oversimplification, but it's not like we had RuPaul, you know, fighting in the front line. It was like, who do yep. we know? Who can, you know, who are the faces of, of making this, you know, and, and the marketing isn't, 
you know, gender variant. I feel like people. our conversation got so quickly for this comedy show promo. Right, exactly. Let me just, so let Saturday. Me just, let me so just, Saturday. Let me just throw in, just for the people out there, women be shopping. <laughs> Little comedy for you. Women be, you can't stop a woman from shopping now. All right, back to the serious talk. Back to, back to white supremacy and how everything's on fire. But in white, the meantime, white just let know you can't stop a woman from shopping. <laughs> you don't shop. You're going to try to stop it. She's going to shop anyway. You can't stop it. <laughs> anyway, what was I saying about white supremacy? Sorry, wait, 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 I'm sorry. White heteronormative cisgender supremacy. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, how many layers do you want to go? Oh, but, you know, so, but this Saturday, uh, June 20th, 9 p.m. Eastern, Khalid and I and Caitlin Palufo and Chanel Ali will doing a live stand-up comedy show. You can click the links down below or wherever this is or go to thelaughtour.com. Yeah. Every every Saturday is another lineup, and I'll be hosting. But anyway, but back to yeah. So I I think your idea of a hotline, there's got you know. I told my I told my boyfriend. I said, look, it's not my job to help you get this. This is you and your privilege. Google it. Just I'm, Google. I'm not. I am not gonna. You know. And then like the next day, he was like in his phone. I'm like, what are you doing? And he's actually like on a site, like a, a website about just breaking down privilege. And like I said, oh okay. And I just walked away. And like two hours later, he's like, you know. Band-Aids are racist. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, he got it. They are. <laughs> he got it. I mean, literally Band-Aid is now, the brand Band-Aid is now coming yeah. out with like five tones or something. Oh, only hundreds of years too late. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Too soon? Too late. What were you four years ago? Oh, oh boy. Yeah, it, is interesting. Just... it is very strange though, watching people awaken. It's like, I guess it must be very much what it's like to watch a little kid grow up. Just like. Oh my God, look, they're walking. They're getting it. You know, it's very strange. Right, right. Or they get like, oh, did I just po- put someone else's hand on the, on the stove? Oh, someone else's hand has been on the stove for 400 years. Sure. Oh, yeah. oh, I guess that hurts them. Yeah. Oh, I mean, there are other people going, well, what are you doing putting your hand on the stove? Yeah. Well, I didn't, no one told me the stove hurt, you know, or uh-huh. I mean, people fighting, people defending the whole Aunt Jemima thing just shows me how how willing people are i don't know if people are consciously willing to deny racism or how afraid someone is unconsciously to feel that that that, i've i've just decided i've pretty much decided that the reason we have these these uh flare-ups of people who are so upset when when issues of racism and discrimination come up is because for a lot of white people when they see black people they see karma. They see all the injustice from all the years and all the times they just ignored what was happening and they feel badly about it. So, so they lash out and react in, a, in a, a very aggressive way because you don't want to think that you could have you not seen. You don't want to think that you could have been blind or insensitive or mean because it challenges your very understanding of who you are. So if someone points out to you that something you're doing is racist, that just like rocks your entire world to the point where you get upset because you can't bear to think that this idea you've had of yourself all this time was completely wrong. So I think that's what's going on. People are seeing this bad karma that they because of something that's, you know, they've kind of ignored for a long time. Well, I think it's also the state, like I, I've been doing couples therapy with my boyfriend and, you know, it's easy to see his shit because it's 
it's right in front of me. I go, well, you know, when you did this and you did that, that was like not okay. I yep. felt blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. I felt hurt by this, hurt by that. But then when he's talking about the stuff I've done, I'm like, oh, but I'm so spiritual. I mean, I'm a, yeah. cause, because, because my paradigm is I'm inherently good. There's no way I can't be good because I'm not a psychotic person who, I don't believe that I consciously harm people. But so I, much of the country is going through that about race. But I do. And I'm thinking I'm in a relationship with someone that I really care about mm-hmm. and I love and I really want to make this work. And I feel yeah. like we have a foundation that it, it could happen, right? It really could. And we're both willing. Now, that was so difficult for me to sit in that therapy session and like, oh, my God. So when you, you know, explode... I actually tried to punish you by disappearing. I just ghosted you. Defensive ghosting is activated. But that doesn't actually help the conflict, right? If I run and like withhold myself, we're not going to move forward either. We're just going to have this dramatic pause. But there's a part of me that wants to punish this other person rather than saying, hey, I felt hurt by that. Oh, I'm just yeah. not going to be. I'm not going to be. So like, you know, for me to take ownership of that, and that's not such a dramatic i didn't set you on fire i didn't burn your house down i didn't you know torch the the sofa or something i just withdrew yeah but that's still a defect right sure and to get to a place where i'm willing to feel that and go oh my god that that was that was my bad even though the story in my head's like oh come on you were being an asshole so it it doesn't matter to take ownership that's a huge leap now imagine there are millions of people that aren't in a relationship of intimacy of like love, physical intimacy with a black person. How are they going to be willing to sit with that kind of discomfort and ownership of the impact of their behavior and their They are not. Right, right. I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> no one's facilitating the great collective race, racial ownership of the impact mm-hmm. of who I've been. Actively, like the impact, my intended and unintended impact. Because I don't, that's just, I think a lot of people are like, I can't wait to fuck over, sorry, I can't wait to screw over people of color or black people. But by not stepping up or by not saying something or by not speaking out when they see an injustice or when they see a murder, when they see something, by not standing up, you're like disappearing and, yeah. and being part of the problem. And that, sure. is, that is hard. That is something that, that there's no, there's no, like, there's not enough social workers or therapists in the United States to go to every single white person and help them work through that. If they're willing, that's if they're even willing to get there. Yeah. It's I mean, a pickle. I, we're, we're in a bit of a pickle. <laughs> it's a pickle. But then ladies, they like them shopping. <laughs> How about that grinder? You know, How about um, that grinder? Uh, but uh, Marianne Williamson, she was uh, one of the candidates. Uh, yep. Democratic candidate. Now, crazy lady. Yeah, everyone calls her crazy. But here's the thing: I've sat in, I've seen her speak for years. She's an amazing speaker. She can move a room, and she can get to the point. She she may not have made it in the political arena, but what she means in the spiritual and social arena. Like I went to D.C. with her in 2003 because we wanted to create a department of peace because we spent all this money on defense, on a military, on sure. vi- it's all violence minded. Like what if rather than fighting terrorism in the world, like what if we created social services within the world to help people get food, water, shelter, women are elevated. So they're not, you know, 
disempowered. Every nation that has terrorism is because of all these basic factors. But the reason we have violence in our country is we have the same disenfranchisement of people, you know, education, water, shelter, food, yeah. and, and all the social, it's, it's the same out there and in here. In our, so what she was really pushing for and creating awareness for us is like, how do we create the social, the same social services people uh, talk about, like defund the police, like we're actually funding other social services so that this doesn't have, the violence doesn't have to happen against people. And those people don't even have to commit crimes or be in situations. Well, there's also the conditioning and the belief system of, you know, the for-profit prison system. There's several things happening, but if we can create a holistic model where people are actually uplifted, we don't have all these vulnerable communities, you know, becoming defective or, 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 or lashing out or, or having all these demons. So what Marianne Williamson was, would do also in these lectures, she would have white people stand up and do an amends process to people of color. If there's one black person's room, that black person would now hold the energy of the of the race, right? That sounds that, terrible. Oh, it was incredible. <laughs> I, mean, I would hate to be that black person in that room with these guilty ass white people being like, I am so sorry. Allow me to wash your feet. You, you see well, that nonsense? Oh I mean, God, no. That's, but, but, this, is the, this is the kind of thing that like, this is, the, this is a very big indicator that this is a person who needed more black people in her life. Because if she had the right people in her life, they would have told her this, this is a bad idea. Well, but, had, but, but, these white people got to work out their guilt amongst themselves and right, then right. some policy and to, to change things. Right. But what was interesting was, even as it's, you know, however imperfect it was, to have a conversation where people, you know, this is a room where people are willing to have a kind of self-reflection. But I, and I can't, I can't, I, I don't have, I have to watch a, a tape or whatever, one of the workshops. But what was interesting was people saying, you know, saying, making amends for the, their behavior, their unconscious behavior, be willing to take ownership. And the context was just willing to take ownership, whether I was conscious or not, and whether my ancestors were conscious or not, sure. that I am in a place of willingness to make change. And now, so as awkward as what, I mean, I'm thinking, I don't want to be person in this movie this is beyond really, awkward <laughs> right but to have just to have a moment where people are actually sit in a room and they're like hey what has the impact been that i haven't been paying attention to yeah what are we standing i mean because no one i don't say no one but it's not like you know we know more about the kardashians than we know about impact of you know systemic racism Sure. Like it's not. There's no reality show like other than Cops or something where or or every Black Lives Matter movement moment on the news. But that's a viral event. It's not, you know, produced television where we're creating these stories. You know, there's movies like sure. There's a Slave. It's not a perfect. You know, there's always a Canadian white slaver or something. But to create a bigger conversation, I, you know, back then what was that? 90, 93, 95 When I saw that, that was. For 93, that was a pretty cool uh, attempt, at least a step in the right direction. But, you know, you see it now. I'm thinking, oh, my God, we've been talking about this for how long? And now the world is starting, to, is just starting to have that. Like, you're just, just having some people start to walk. Like, I can't believe we're still here. But Neither we are. Again. Yeah. How are you, like, what, I mean, I guess you're, so you're, are you, so you have a new job. So are you going somewhere to work? Are you working from home? No, I have a nice work from home job, doing customer service so, online. 
so it's it's, so you're you're in this little bubble of like I'm good. I'm doing. I've got the day job. I'm doing the comedy. Yeah, things have been good. I'm mean, not complaining. And you move into your own place. Are you living right now with a bunch of people, and you're going to move on your own? I have, a, I have two two roommates. I have like a, a large three bedroom, and I'm going to move to my own little one bedroom apartment near here, um, probably within the next couple of weeks. So it's been uh yeah, it's been a nice little time. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I, I I've been limiting how much TV and how much. I mean, I I did, you know. It's, you can't i can't not watch a couple things on on social media but i'm like i could feel my heart starting to race and i'm like go to bed to stop because go to bed take it you know do something that's not current event because it's it just it's like caffeine i start i just sure. get are you able to just put it down are you able to just yeah i mean i think i have to um i try to like uh take a lot of breaks from my phone. You don't want to just be scrolling through Twitter and or what, scrolling through like uh, Facebook. You're just going to get, just riddle your brain with bad news. So I try to just like read a lot more, go for walks, do little one-on-one meetups with people at like at least a couple times a week and just try not to like, you know, live 100% of the time in the bad news cycle. And that's been like a very important thing for me. Right, right. Cause I, I don't, I realize like, Oh, maybe I'll just go outside and go to the park. I mean, I've never seen so many people in the park. I feel like it's, it's, it's every day looks like the 4th of July. The park is filled with people. Yeah. Usually, usually just me on my bike, two joggers, and then like two or three strollers. And now there's like, it looks like there's a parade happening in my park here. And this is Jersey city. And I'm like, where were all of you last year? Where are all, you know? Yeah. How can people find you? Well, how, uh, they can how find they... me um, at Khalid Says on Instagram. Uh, that's, that's usually where I am. You can also check me out every Saturday uh, at my digital show, 8 p.m. It's called Comedy Ting. And every week we raise money for a different social justice uh, organization. This week we're doing a fundraiser for the Equal Justice Initiative, which is a company, that, uh, organization that kind of works towards uh, decreasing the problems of mass incarceration and economic inequality. And uh, we're excited about it. So I'm going to have Joe Firestone, Kenny DeForest, a bunch of like, fantastic comics. It's going to be a fun time. Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah. I mean, it feels, it feels good to, to use comedy for, for good. I mean, now, if anything, like how, it, as much as it's so, I mean, I don't know when the next time we're going to have an actual live comedy show with people crammed in a room. But for now, we know. can. I mean, people are already this. doing that. Depending on where you are in the country, I know people who are already back on the road. So um, wow, wow. Yeah, but are, are they? Are they? Because I know, like here at Stress Factory, they're doing it outside. No, I'm 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 watching like indoor shows on YouTube at, at the Dallas like Improv and Kansas City the Looney Bin. Like people are just like back to life. They're just. I mean, the the servers are wearing masks. The uh, audience is not wearing masks. The performers are not wearing masks. And they're at like 50% capacity, so like every other table. But I watched really? the show the other night. Yeah, I watched the show that Mark Norman did the other night at the Addison Improv down in Dallas. And it looked like they were like 100% capacity. It didn't seem like there was any kind of like distancing going on or like separate tables. It was just pretty wild, actually. So, wow. yeah, man, depending on where you are in the country, things are very much back in the swing of things with comedy. So, I don't know. Wow. I mean, I look at that. I'm like, Texas is still getting spikes. They're, they're still, I mean, I, Whatever. I, I'm like, la, 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 I don't know what else to do. Yeah. 
Yeah, man. Okay, some people want to hug. Some people are going to make out. Some people are like, you know. They're going to do what they're going to do. They're going to do what they're going to do. And I guess we'll, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next, you know, another three months. And well, you know, where's New York going to be in a year? Where are we going to be in a year as New Yorkers? And what will, what will the club scene look like then? And what will the road scene look like? Hopefully somewhere. Oh, no, we cut out. Are you there? I'm. That's the beauty of COVID. Okay, you still. I'm still. You want to. Oh, and Khalid's video is out. Well, I think Khalid might, might have dropped out. He'll come back. But uh, for those of you who are tuning in us now, this Saturday is another sh- uh, weekly show of The Laughter, thelaughtour.com. That's T H E L A U G H T O U R.com. You can click on the link below or the side, wherever you're getting this. But every Saturday, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, it's a whole lineup of, of comedians live on Zoom, and you know you 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 can donate whatever amount whatever amount uh, is appropriate for you. Because if you want if your money's tight right now, you're not working. You can still click on the link and just donate zero, and you'll still get a link for the show. You get a link like 15 minutes before the performance, and uh, or donate whatever you can, and and come join us. It's a really fun time. Oh, let's see. Let's is he coming in? Oh, okay, and. Uh, so anyway, so that was Khalid Rahman, and he'll be one of the great comics that'll be on this Saturday, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern. And it's me, Chanel Ali, Khalid Rahman, and Caitlin Palufo. Please join us. Every Saturday I have a different lineup. It's 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, 6 p.m. Pacific. And if you click on the links below or you just follow me, Rich Kiamco, R-I-C-H-K-I-A, Amazon Mark C-O, on Instagram or go to thelaughtour.com or follow the links here. Or you can just find us on Eventbrite, but every Saturday, 9 p.m. Eastern is a one-hour comedy show on Zoom with live sound of comedians, a different lineup every week. And thank you so much for joining us. And that was a great kind of weird drop-off-the-cliff moment with Clint. But welcome to COVID and welcome to uh, the internet. But uh, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, be safe and uh, we'll talk soon. Bye. It's a comedy journey.